This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fury on one side, frenzy on the other. No, it isn't you in your partner's bed after yet another spoiled Valentine's Day. It is, of course, the world of Manchester City. But much like some of those Valentine's Day plans, City's clean bill of health lasted just about two minutes, with yet more injuries causing problems for the Blues. It's Thursday the 15th of February. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker, and I'm trying to figure out how Amos got insights on my relationship. (laughs) I'm, I'm Joe Butterfield. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a very flustered City Report podcast. It's here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners... Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content and, of course, now relationship advice. I'm your host today, Amos Murphy. Joining me is Adam Booker and Joe Butterfield. Um, Adam, I noticed on yesterday's show that you didn't li- you didn't say a, a wonderful happy Valentine's Day to our lovely listeners. So um, as the holy one out of the, the co-founding duo, I would like to extend my apologies. And yeah, um, happy Valentine's Day for yesterday, listeners. I hope your day was filled with love, unlike adam's world quite clearly <laughs> it's just not about it's just not a holiday i care about i'm in a long no, i'm totally in a long-term agree, committed relationship we love each other very much but she uh allegedly peek behind the curtain we are recording this on valentine's day she left for work a few days a few hours ago we did not a few <laughs> days <Jesus> ago just wanted to get cigarettes <laughs> she left for work a few hours ago we did not say happy valentine's day 
Yeah, um, I mean, it's the road. I think you know it is what it is. Um, Joe, uh, let's let's speak football then, because as much as we'd love to lambast um, certain quote unquote holidays from the uh, from the corporate and commercial world, I guess we will turn this into a football podcast. Um, you and I obviously weren't on the the Copenhagen recap from yesterday. If um, listeners, you are looking for a little bit more reaction, make sure you do go and listen to that episode. But what did you make of the fixture? Because um, I mean, the scoreline obviously was good for City in the end. They were, for my money anyway, worthy of that 3-1 victory. Um, I think a 2-1 victory would have been absolutely sound, even a draw, you know, as Adam mentioned. But at the same time, you know, there were a few um, frailties, I guess, is the best way of describing them, even though they were minimal. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting game. City obviously running out winners, but plenty to speak about from it. Yeah, I think it would have been a real shame, I think, if it ended 2-1. Um, I don't think that's anything to do with, like like, like you mentioned, if we had gone in with a draw, I would still back us to go through the competition anyway because, you know, Copenhagen at home at the Etihad should really not be a problem. I think it's more, from my point of view, it's more the idea of when the second leg is placed. It's obviously coming between the Manchester United fixture and playing at Anfield. So I would really like the game that comes between those two midweek to just be a very easy cut and dry, like put your B team out, like don't worry about playing the first team, having something to play for kind of game. Um, So for me, going in two goals ahead instead of one goal ahead sort of gives you that extra bit of cushion. Um, I think in terms of the game itself, we we showed, it's a a shame that we only really showed the level that we did in the first 20 minutes in sort of like bits and bats throughout the game like if we'd have mm. I, I feel like if Jack Grealish hadn't gone off injured and this might be something that we come to discuss a little bit more in terms of who replaced him but I think if Jack Grealish it stays stays on the pitch like that's the kind of that's very much it, it's well I think last night proves that that is what Pep sees as like his his big European tie or his sort of his big game kind of front three yeah um and it's and it's a bit of a shame that he went off with an injury and hopefully it's not something that's going to keep him out for too long because I I would really like to have a player like Grealish in the team for say an Anfield for example um uh, and I think it's just it just comes down to yeah the, the 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 you know it was a professional job we got it done we 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 scored some brilliant goals um and it's you know first first leg of the round of 16 get coming away 3-1 winners there's, mm. There would have been a time, like even not that long ago, even just over a decade ago, we'd have bitten anyone's hand off for that kind of thing. And now it feels like it's just a foregone conclusion, which sort of shows the level that we're at. Yeah, obviously it books a trend of um, City winning, uh, sorry, City drawing their away matches in the Champions League last season, which was obviously the, the only time they went on to win the competition. So maybe that's a bad omen. Maybe we need to um, go back to not winning fixtures to end up winning the competition. Um, yeah, Adam, what, what? I mean, you obviously shared your opinions yesterday, but in, just in terms of that, having let the dust settle, you recorded that episode immediately post-match. This is now, you know, 24, 48 hours onwards. Do you think the performance was good enough? Um, City obviously dominated, but when you consider the fact that they were coming up against a Copenhagen team who hadn't played since the last Champions League fixture they had back in December, you know, you would expect City to win by two or three goals. Maybe they could have got a couple more and and there were still shaky parts in there, like we spoke about in the preview show. Um, How much that is attributed to Jack Grealish going off opinion is divided but at the same time the Edison uh mistake you know is what it is with with Edison I feel like but even still I reckon Ruben Diaz maybe could have done a little bit better um to get himself in a better position you know just this sort of 
uh, shakiness that we've seen throughout the season. And we're at that time now where you can't really see it anymore. It, it almost needs to be start, starting to disappear. And, and I'm not quite sure if it is. Yeah, it's it's not yet. Um, I think the performance was good enough in the sense that without this kind of Ederson howler, you probably win the game 3-0. Um, you know, Copenhagen had a few chances here and there, but they weren't necessarily clear-cut opportunities that you would say they they should have um they should have converted. So plus going the other way, Holland had one or two chances where, you know, he puts his his header one or two mm. inches to the right or left and and it's not right into the the uh keeper's arms. So I don't have too many complaints and 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 on on the Ederson point, you know, I I basically put out a tweet saying like, well, this is part of this is part of Ederson. This is part of any Pep goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. They are told to make these passes. Obviously, he mishit it, and it was maybe a little bit lazy. Whatever, it doesn't come off right. Um, but you know, this is part of having a goalkeeper that is essentially you know another outfield player that's going to be that that crucial a part of of the buildup. Um, and you know, I, I I said something along the lines of you got to take these rare bad moments with all of the good moments that he'll give mm. you. And and people were trying to kind of pick holes in that. But look, I saw a stat from Squawka, I think it was, that this was only the second time um, in like three years that Ederson's, an Ederson mistake has directly led to a goal in the Premier League or the Champions League. Just the second time. Wow. So, yeah. yes, he does have these moments of, you know, he has these brain farts where he'll come flying out of the goal and, and things can look a bit helter-skelter. But rarely do they actually lead to City conceding any goals. Um, and if you look the other way at what he gives you with the ball at his feet, everything about Ederson is a net positive. It just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I um, hey, hey, I completely agree. And I said something similar on Twitter. But um, Joe, as is my role as host of this um, illustrious podcast, I guess I will have to sort of uh, play the other side. And, and and I think it's fair to say that maybe Ederson in. I don't even know a, a sort of timestamp on it because he's made some wonderful saves and he's kept City in matches. But there have been a few brain farts, haven't there, in in the last, I don't know, maybe month or so. Um, a few times where he, he hasn't necessarily looked all that composed. Mainly it's sort of been when he's coming out of, of sort of sweeping a little bit. There's a few times he's, he's been caught out of position. So do, do you still think Edison is the reliable goalkeeper between the sticks for, for Manchester City? Or is this, you know, after that amazing run in the Champions League last year where he look like Lev Yashin reincarnated is is there now a worry that perhaps it's going back to how it had been before every now and then there would be one of these moments where he'd have to be bailed out by his teammates or at worst the opposition score I don't think I find it mad that it's even a conversation that anyone's having to be honest I think the idea Mm. that you know as as Adam's just said there like it's it's just a case of we we gave away one pass and because of the nature of a goalkeeper, if you just misplace a pass, which when you make hundreds of, of, of passes out from the back, maybe even thousands over the three or four years that it's been, one or two mm-hmm. are going to be misplaced. And unfortunately, because of the position and the pitch that you're in, that is going to lead to a very good goal scoring opportunity for the opposition. But I think we'd all we'd all happily take one or two of those. Well, maybe we obviously wouldn't if it, otherwise Twitter wouldn't be talking about it. But we you know we take one or one or two of those for the sake of what it gives you going the other way, like the passing that he does out from the back. I was at the Everton game on Saturday, and just some of the passes that he was doing, just like mm. over over their front line, and he, on the you know, granted it was 
it was very rare that Everton did Everton's frontline did try to actually genuinely press the back four, but every time they did, like Edison would just calmly pass it over them, pass it round defenders. I mean, for the rest of the Copenhagen game, he was putting it wherever he wanted it to. Like other than that one, that one moment. Like I think it's just. I don't know. I think I think because in recent games it's becoming that horrible stat is coming back round again, isn't it? That, that was sort of come, that felt like a very typical City thing at, at Pep's early years, where it's we concede the first shot on target basically every single time. <laughs> and mm. I think a lot of people, very lazy people, just sort of going, "Well, that must be something to do with the goalkeeper." Then, and it's like, "Well, it's it's not really." Like if you look at the entire yeah. back four. Um, it's it's I don't know what it is this season whether it's whether it's maybe just a, a change of the way that we play whether it's something to do with some of the defensive work rate of plays in front I don't know what it is but well it, it just, just feels it, like it's also the nature of the way that City play with they they play a risky style of football and the yeah, chance the yeah. chances that they give up are naturally going to be higher percentage chances than a team that's going to sit in a low block and plug up a bunch of space the way that city play naturally leaves a bunch of space so when you play against decent teams which is probably 18 out of the 20 in the premier league they'll punish you when you give them space and time to shoot yeah absolutely (laughs) and that's and that's all it comes down to like i think i think it's just a case of when you see first shot on target first shot on target first shot on target. i mean the copenhagen game was exactly the same one shot on target one conceded like Mm. you, you just some people just look at that you're you're more sort of maybe old school football fan will just look at that and go, oh, well, keepers, something's wrong with the keeper then. Keeper needs to change. And it's like, well, no, it's not that simple. And I think it's just, yeah, anyone who's questioned Edison for me is, it wasn't a great, like, don't get me wrong, his, his mistake last night wasn't great. Um, or his mistake against Copenhagen wasn't wasn't fantastic. It was just, it was a, it, it did look a little bit lazy and maybe it could have been prevented, but, I'll I'll take I'll take that happening once every night. I'll take it in a game against Copenhagen rather than Anfield, yeah. for example. If that happens at Anfield, I'm yeah. much more angry on this podcast, by the way. But I think it because it happened there and then, I'm not too fussed. Speaking of Anfield, this isn't an Ederson issue. This is a football issue because this is the way football is played now. Basically, every professional team plays out of the back, and therefore we see these mistakes happen. Allison does it once a game. Mm. Speaking of Anfield, he gave the ball away like four times and all four of them led to goals back in the the COVID season when Mm. City won there. So it's not just an Ederson issue. It's not that you can just find a better keeper who's not going to give the ball away when playing out of the back. It doesn't matter who you stick in there. It's the nature of, of that system of play. Mm, yeah, and, and and I echo those thoughts. I'd rather it be in this Copenhagen game and he sort of fixes up heading into any of the next, I'd say, 15, even longer than that, whenever the sort of season goes on for it. This is probably the most dispensable of fixtures because City could have lost that 2-0 and you'd probably still bet on them um, going through. Um, I, I guess one aspect that could define City's success chances this season is obviously the blow to Jack Grealish and Adam you um you went through what what Guardiola had said yesterday um in terms of the initial assessment there has been no update on that way you know we are waiting to see if it's going to be a two-week layoff if it's going to be a one-month layoff um Joe I'll, I'll throw it to you first because obviously Adam you shared your thoughts but it's uh, look. This, as as has always been the case, it seems like on this show we like to, to decide the, the agenda and decide the conversation. But there has been some sort of mixed response to Jack Grealish going down injured, and there seems to be, as always with Jack Grealish, two camps in here. It's the fact that him going down injured and him potentially being out isn't a big deal, and it's on the other hand, him going out is is going to be detrimental to City's chances of success. Um, personally, I fall into the second half of of that in terms of it's a major blow for City and. I'd, I, it would be remiss of us to say that 
City are now not going to win anything this season because Jack Grealish might have a lengthy spell on the sidelines. That's obviously, you know, not the case. But at the same time, you see how fluid and you see how controlled and you see how almost relentless City's attack was in that first 20 minutes. And again, the asterisk is Copenhagen hadn't played a game for the best part of three months. You know, you'd expect City to go there and dominate. But at the same time, the professional footballers, it is what it is. It's a Champions League knockout tie. Um I've just got fingers crossed that it isn't that it isn't lengthy because we speak about the run coming up. It is monstrous, and even if Jack Grealish isn't starting every game, he's going to have a part to play. And without him, City are a, a worse team. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's not so much about last night because I think you know last night was a game where Jack Grealish can miss that and and we'll still win. But I think we've got <clears throat> some pretty like you say that 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 this this run coming up and from basically from the United game onwards, where I think is it United Liverpool. Brighton and Arsenal and then maybe Villa after that or, yeah. or or some some combination of those games anyway. FA and, Cups in there as well and and Champions League quarter final fingers crossed. Yeah, and and if you're looking at and if you're looking at playing against teams that are going to hit us on the transition, which really sounds like pretty much all of those teams, I just think Jack Grealish is a player who you need to have on the pitch in those kind of games. A lot of people look at what he does and maybe think that it's a bit of a boring safe backward passing and don't get me wrong, for, for, for a long time, I was kind of in that camp as well. I used to just think, well, mm. what's the point of getting to, what's the point of doing all the work to get to the point where you're at the opposition penalty area if you're just going to ha- hit it backwards or sideways? I, I completely understand that line of thinking to a degree. But when you see what has what is basically the alternative in the way that it is now with Doku, and don't get me wrong, Doku is, for someone who's playing their first season for a Pep Guardiola Manchester City side, doing, relatively speaking, very well. Um, however, yeah. however, what he does not give you in any sort of way, shape or form is control. And in those big games where we want to be sort of not giving the opposition any sort of opportunity to cut, we saw it in the Chelsea and Spurs games where we, we completely gave up control. We conceded seven goals in those two games because they're two teams that wanted to hit us on the counter. And in both those games, we had a player going the other way who had very little who had very little eye on ball retention and just wanted to beat a man and get a ball into the box from, mm. from the byline. And that's that can be great against some teams, but against teams that are well-organised and then want to just hit you on the counter-attack immediately, which United, Liverpool, Brighton, Villa, possibly Arsenal as well, Like those are, those are teams that are going to exploit those opportunities that you give them. Jack Grealish, to me, is just crucial to make sure that we don't give up those chances. So I'm really hoping that his, that his injury is shorter rather than a longer layoff because honestly if it's a longer layoff I kind of worry about who we are going to play in that front three I, I suspect I suspect that Grealish will that, that sorry not um that, that Pep will just pick Doku in those games anyway mm. and we'll just roll the dice on that and see what happens but yeah if Grealish is fit in any way then I think he has to play the bulk of those games but I'm not really too confident that that will be the case yeah Doku doesn't strike me as a an away from home big game player um you know, I think back to the Allianz Arena last year or the Bernabeu and just, it, I think Guardiola spoke about it, it, maybe his first ever interview in England and he said the the turnovers are, are so important and making sure that when you lose the ball, you don't concede a chance and they're the sort of teams who will punish you in the Champions League. Um, as we saw, a slight slip up against the poor Copenhagen team and it was 1-1 with, with Edison's mistake against Real Madrid by Munich, Arsenal, whoever it's going to be. Um, that could be much worse. Um, Adam, I guess I'll chuck the last word to you in terms of this fixture before we move on. Um, tomorrow, we'll, we'll switch attention to Chelsea because, again, plenty to speak about there. Um, a certain Cole Palmer, um, notwithstanding. But, you know, 
anything else that you want to add? Um, special shout out Nathan Ake. I think he's slowly but surely becoming one of City's most dependable defenders, maybe in that category with with Ruben Diaz and John Stones. After John Stones' fitness this season, maybe he's even above him. Um, who knows? But yeah, it was decent. Room for improvement, which seems to be the theme of the last sort of couple of weeks with, with Man City. Yeah, I mean, on Nathan Ake... I remember you and I, when it was just you you and I doing the podcast, it was mm. the Atletico... The Halcyon days. Yes, the, the Atletico-Madrid tie in the Champions League quarterfinal, the 21-22 season. 21-22, um, yeah. And that was when Ake first kind of debuted as a left-back because I think Zinchenko was potentially injured and there, there was just no other options. Mm. I think basically from that day forward, he's been City's most consistent and dependable defender. And I actually don't think it's yeah. close. He's had he's not really had ups and downs. Ruben Diaz has had his ups and downs. John Stones, because of injuries, has had his ups and downs. Uh, Makanji's been pretty damn dependable since day one, to be fair to him. Um, Kyle Walker's obviously had his ups and downs and um, spinning in circles as well. Um, so... <laughs> I tried to get through that joke with a straight face. <laughs> I didn't even pull up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, I just bigger picture. Um, I, I'm a little bit torn on whether or not 3-1 is enough for you to just throw out, you know, Mateus Nunes and, and players like that to go mm. full rotation in that second leg. Um, but it, it definitely is enough of a cushion that, if you get a goal in the first half of the second leg, by halftime you can you can send Oscar Bob and Micah Hamilton and and Brandon the Kitman on if you want. So, um, yeah, I think I, I think it's job done um, at this point. Not 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 the tie in general. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna say it's done when there's 90 minutes yet to play. But I think as mm. far as what you needed to do to set yourself up for the second leg, we can't really have too many complaints. Yeah, quite a Mark Goldbridge take there, I thought, at first. Um, Ty done, nobody turn up. Um, that'll, that'll be a wonderful footage after Copenhagen come and, and win, I don't know, 3-0 in the second leg. But yeah, that'll do for part one. Hopefully that is it for the tie. We'll have to wait and see in March, March the 6th, I think it is. We have to wait for the second leg. But um, stay where you are, listeners, in part two, in True City Report podcast fashion. We'll have a little bit of trivia to um, get you ready for the weekend. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. I would like, if you haven't already, to point you towards the follow button on your podcast feed. It's the best way to get our episodes uh, straight to you when they come out and, and notifications as well if you haven't got them switched on already. Um, right, okay, Quizmaster Adam, um, you're back in your favourite chair, the uh, the world famous Who Am I coming up. What have you got installed for us this afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you're watching it from? Yes, this is another edition of the famous game inspired by my seemingly never-ending identity crisis, <laughs> Who Am I? Um, very simple listeners, if you don't know, this is a game in which I have a city player past or present in mind, and I have a list of clues about that player in front of me. I'm going to reveal these clues one by one until either Amos or Joe or you at home can figure out who the player is. Joe, please pick a nation. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. I can't get that wrong. Oh, yeah. Amos, <laughs> Amos, pick a nation. I will go for their close neighbours, um, Croatia. All right. Please allow me to finish the entirety of the clue before you shout out your nation to have a guess at the player. All right. Here we go with who am I? Who am I? I retired from football in 2022. Hvatska. What? What did you say? Hvatska, <laughs> Croatia in Croatian, I think. Croatia? Um, Sergio Aguero. Mm. Ah, I'm yeah, so yeah. glad it wasn't that obvious. I know. All right. Well, you had to, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> Croatia is now frozen out from the next clue. So, Joe, you have a chance to steal here if you want to. So I retired in 2022. I scored just two Premier League goals in 53 appearances for City. Not Aguero then, is it? It's not Aguero. How how many appearances was it, sorry? 53 Premier League appearances, appearances. just two goals in those appearances. Uh, no, no, I've got nothing. All right, clue number three. I won the under 19 European Championships with my country in 2006. 2006, so they were under 19 in 2006. What was that? Amos is making notes here for the, for the listeners. He's actually writing I these am. clues down. I've got a notepad down. I think I am. Um, the, the 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 reigning belt holder um, in this in this game, so I've got a I've got a, a championship belt to protect against worthy opposition as well. I will say. All right, next clue. I scored on my city debut, heading home a Carlos Tevez free kick away to Stoke City. Bosnia Herzegovina. Bosnia and Herzegovina. Is it Javi Garcia? Bastard. There we go. Bastard. Bastard. Wow. Great job, Joe. Great job. It is It is Javi Garcia. Just a quick mention on him. He would fit into the current uh, 
the current iteration of City and their handsome men FC, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would. He uh, well, I, would. I thought I thought you were going to say he'd fit in as a player. And I think he'd be that sort of player under Pep Guardiola who, who maybe like a Nathan Ake, who, you know, a little bit unassuming, maybe not the most technically gifted, but would have probably suited the system. But yes, he would have also fit into the, um, the good-looking uh, Iberian um, male cohort that is it seems to be are, growing and growing this this opens up a, a more general discussion are, are footballers just better looking these days because they care more about their appearance <laughs> on social all, media and stuff like they're that? all they're all just they're all prime athletes whereas back in the 90s and the 80s they were all just you know they were out drinking multiple times a week and I, I, john yeah. flanagan if, exists if, be, if being out drinking Multiple times a week rules you out from. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Jack Grealish Jack Grealish would be an ugly man, wouldn't he? Um, yeah, I think. Um, I think. Yeah, I think it's it's the the sort of the the mean level of attractiveness of a Premier League footballer today is no doubt higher than it was ten, fifteen, twenty years. Well, probably going like twenty, thirty years ago, surely, because they're all they're all you know <laughs> they've all got nutritionists. They're all they're all looking after themselves. They've all got Instagram followers yeah. to worry about. I, I would guess that like Richard Dunn and David James oh. didn't have a model, <laughs> a screen with a model of their teeth that they have to hit while brushing, like how, Ruben Diaz does. How rude to Richard Dunn! That he is, he is the archetypal male. He have you has, seen that? He has. Have you seen that? All I mean, sorts falling over. Him. If you put like let's to, to to put it into perspective, if you put the Manchester United treble winning team versus City's treble winning team. <laughs> The, the, there's there's not a chance that anyone in that United dressing room, apart from maybe Beckham, is is on the level of half of our squad. Yeah, you know how on on like football Twitter they they will do the um they'll post videos of the camera going across the team during like the Champions League anthem, <laughs> yeah. and they'll be like, oh, the aura of this team. I'm actually just sitting there, and be like, oh. <laughs> oh, he's handsome. Are you, are you saying Yap Stam um, can't? Hold up to Ruben Diaz's looks because that's a bold claim. <laughs> I'm willing to. I just don't think that claim. I, do do which? Here, here's a question: Which city footballer of the past, if they were in their mid twenties and playing for City today, would be like Ruben Diaz online, posting shirtless pictures, underwear ads, all that kind of stuff? <laughs> oh God. Um. Jovetic, Jovetic, and I'm gonna say like Man- I'm gonna say like Mancini or later. Yeah, Jovetic, mm, Jovetic was doing it every single every single day. Like his his he mm. never had a shirt on his Instagram. I remember that from his time at the club. Yeah, okay. he was like peak early nineties sort of fuckboy MSN. Um, oh god, he was one. Yeah, he, he had them vibes. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Maybe we'll maybe leave that one to the listeners. Yeah, maybe you're a hypothesis at the start that you know they do care about themselves more now maybe that rings true because it's hard to picture um if you can think of somebody a past city player who would be like ruben diaz on instagram these days let us know at city report pod on all social media but we will wrap up there today before we get out of here if you are new here please hit follow hit subscribe leave a rating leave a review unless it is a shit one that is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you joe thank you very much thank you thank you it's nice to be here Amos, I don't get to say this very often, but thank you very much. Dovigenia. All right. And on that note, (laughs) listeners, until next time, see you later.
Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.